The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Good morning. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I am the Senior Assistant Minister and Executive Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. Last week, I started a new series titled The Five Choices, and it's based upon the book The Five Choices, The Path to Extraordinary Productivity by Corey Kogan, Adam Merrill, and Lena Reen. And this book is all about making sure that your decisions, attention, and energy are all focused on giving you extraordinary results. It talks about time management. It talks about attention management, how to make decisions, and how to manage your energy. It's talking about being more productive than you've ever been before. You might be highly productive now, but I think that this series will allow you the opportunity to evaluate how effective you are in various roles of your life. So last week, I talked about uh, choice number one, which is act on the important don't react to the urgent. If you haven't listened to that podcast, I would strongly suggest that you go back after you listen to this one, because I'm going to be referring to some of the things that were covered in the first uh, podcast from the first chapter, that if you don't have, some of this information may or may not sound uh, or connect the way I intended to connect. Now, choice number two is, Go for extraordinary, don't settle for ordinary. Yet again, go for extraordinary, don't settle for ordinary. So the authors mention on page 64, to get our lives into quadrant two, which I referenced last week, which is the, the most effective out of the four quadrants that I taught last week, we need to know what is ultimately important to us. We need some criteria to guide our decisions about where we spend our time, attention, and energy. That's what choice two is all about. It's about clarifying the criteria for decisions we make every day. It's about what lies in quadrant two 
for the most important aspects of our lives as a whole. Our work, key relationships, money, family, friends, even our hobbies and interests, and how to make them extraordinary. So right off the bat, you have to recognize that even though this book was written by a business company, it's not just talking about your work life only. It's not just talking about one aspect of your life. It's talking about how can you produce an extraordinary life in general, in all areas of your life. And I know some people might think that it's hard to have an extraordinary or extremely productive life in all areas of your life, but who says you can't? You know, sort of like the story uh, of the of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, the allegory where uh, the Lord God says to Adam, who told you you were naked? And I'm saying to you, who told you you can't have an extraordinary life? Who told you that you can't have a productive life? Who told you that you can't have a life of balance, prosperity, health, peace, and joy? Who told you? Because we'll just pick up on the lie or we will watch and monitor other people. And because they can't produce it, we don't think we can produce it. But guess what? You decide what a productive and extraordinary life for you is, not anyone else. So you don't need to be comparing your life to someone else's uh, demonstration. What you should be looking at is what will make you happy, satisfied, and fulfilled. All right. So back on page 64, they quote Dr. Daniel Amen, who wrote, to harness your brain's power, it needs direction and vision. It needs a blueprint. Now, I've taught this many times through this, through the nine years now of this podcast, and it's important for you all to get that you have to have a mental blueprint. Many years ago, I taught a series titled The Mental Equivalent. I would strongly suggest you go back and listen to it because you have to have a mental framework. Your mind has to have intention. Your mind has to have direction because from the standpoint of, a, of metaphysical thinking as taught in new thought, you must be definite with the infinite, as Reverend Ike says. You have to put your mind on something that you are seeking to produce. That creates concentration. That creates focus. And one of the things that I often tell people is, that when you are reading new thought material, self-help material, uh, consciousness transformation material, the one thing that sometimes authors will leave out is that this teaching requires concentration. In other words, can you keep your mind on what you say you want? Because it's easy to say you want something and then allow yourself to get distracted and have yourself all over the place. And when we do that, we sacrifice extraordinary. We sacrifice what's possible for us. We sacrifice a lot of things that we say we want, but we don't have the mental discipline necessary to keep our minds on what we say we want. We get caught up in our emotions. We get caught up in our stories. We make up stories. We get caught up in our past. It's a whole bunch of different things. All right, so how do we do this? Page 65. First of all, let's define extraordinary. All right? 
they wrote, let's recall what we mean by extraordinary. It's about going to bed at the end of the day, feeling satisfied and accomplished. It's about accomplishing those things that add the most value to your work and your life. So that's a clear definition. Very clear. Satisfied and accomplished at the end of the day and accomplishing the things that add the most value to your work and life. All right. What what they do not mean by extraordinary is this. They don't they do not mean that it's an unattainable perfectionist standard that you feel guilty uh, and uh, feel guilt tripped into trying to achieve. It is not someone else's definition of what your days and life should be. It is not accommodating everyone else's every whim instead of what matters to you. It is not that you need to stand out in comparison to or in competition with others. All right. So we're just talking about feeling satisfied and accomplished at the end of the day and accomplishing the things that add the most value to your work in your life. That's an extraordinary life. All right, let's drill down. Page 65. In our experience, many people do not take time to clarify what's most important to them as the time matrix data show. And I talked about the time matrix last week. They do not end up spending their time on those things. Instead, excuse me, instead of making conscious decisions based on the clarity of what is important, they are hijacked by what is urgent. And I went into great detail last week about how uh, we focus, if when we focus too much on the urgent, we end up in quadrant one where everything's an emergency. And then we're not in our creative thinking. We're not in our creative planning. We're not in our strategic thinking. That's a part of quadrant two, which is the most effective and efficient quadrant out of the four. All right. Now, this is where we're really going to drill down on some things. Page 66. What are the most important roles in your life today? Again, what are the most important roles in your life today? Roles are where life happens. It's where we build relationships, where all the activities that make us human go on. And I love this, how they wrote this. Roles are so fundamentally, excuse me, roles are so fundamental to human identity that when we ask people to tell us about themselves, they always answer in the term of roles. I'm an engineer, or I'm Jane's spouse, I'm a triathlete, I'm a friend. Even when people give a list of personality traits such as I am shy or I am a fun-loving person, those traits are always acted out in the context of roles. So in our minds, we're always playing a role. You're always wearing a hat. So, you know, if you imagine, you know, a movie like uh, Eddie Murphy's The Nutty Professor, where he played so many different characters, he was the main character and he was all of his family members. And he just jumped from one role to another. And many times we show up differently in different roles. That's a, But I'm not going to drill down on that right now. All right. So they wrote, the trick is to keep them all in balance. The way each of your roles play out in your life affects all of your other roles. Now, this is key. In other words, what happens at work can affect your home life. What happens at home can affect your work life. 
what is happening with your relationships between your spouse or your siblings, your children, your parents, your friends, your family can play out in your work life. You just have to see how that plays out. What happens at the where you're volunteering somewhere could affect what's happening to you at home. Why? Because they're all connected at a level. Why? Because they're all roles that you play. You're the common denominator. So even though you put on different hats and you act different ways, you might act differently as a parent than you do, obviously, as someone's significant other or somebody's child child or somebody's employer or employee or manager or supervisor. All of these things require different roles. You have to be clear about what those roles are and keep them all in balance. What that means is that doesn't mean they always get equal time, but you have to determine what uh, pulls on your time, what gets your time and how much energy and, and attention that each role gets and what's necessary for each role, because sometimes different roles require different things. And I'm just going to use the example of a parent. They're different, you know, as your when your when your children are much younger, babies, they require a lot more time and attention. As they get older and they have independence in their minds, uh, that requires a different level of parenting and a different level of engagement. When they become adults, it's different. It doesn't mean that you aren't needed, but it's much different to uh, raise and parent a newborn, a three-year-old, an eight-year-old, a 12-year-old, a 16-year-old, and even when you get to the place of 20 and beyond, you show up as a different parent, same role, but what's required in the role now? What's required? Because if you want an extraordinary life, You have to evaluate your role. What is needed now? Because sometimes people live out of the past and they don't, and they don't project into what is necessary now. I can remember one of the hardest conversations I've ever had as a kid was when I turned 18, fresh out of high school, trying to enjoy my summer. And my mom was still trying to parent me like I was 13. And I had to have a series of difficult conversations about how well she raised me, how I never got into any trouble, how I have what she placed in me, and how I needed her to trust me enough. Even though she was, you know, mindful I was her baby and she didn't want me out there and hanging out in those streets. And I was like, I don't get in any trouble. And I know when it's time to leave. I know when it's time to get away from folks. I only hang around with the friends that you already know, and you know their mamas and grandmamas and everything else because I grew up in a neighborhood where everybody knew each other. And out of that difficult conversation and a few others, I was able to have a mom that was able to be a parent to a young adult versus being a parent to a, just in her mind, a teenager who didn't know his left foot from his right foot. 
Those are things that are necessary as we look at our roles. Because what I needed for, from her at that point wasn't what I needed maybe even a few years before. And what I needed after that, as I went, as I got older, was different than what I needed when I had those difficult conversations. But I it it, it had to happen. And I was clear about the evaluation of my role in the relationship. And that required me to look at some things differently as well. Okay. You know, as I jokingly tell people, I was paying rent at 18, right out of high school. Get a job, you're going to help give a little money to something. You're going to pay some rent, and you're going to help pay this phone bill. And, you know, because back then, you know, cell phones, whatever, you know, so you had to use the phone, you're going to pay for it. My point is this. You have to evaluate your roles. All right. Now, let's let's drill down on these roles. They roll on page 66. Our brains naturally organize information in categories like roles. So organizing your life in terms of roles make a lot of sense. In other words, you shift depending on your role. In other words, your mind knows this is what's expected of me in this role. All right, so they ask, how many roles do you have in your life right now? 10, 15? Are you a manager, a coworker, a project leader, a parent, a daughter, a son, a sibling, a neighbor, a volunteer, an activist, an architect, an artist, an athlete, a naturalist, a coach, a partner, a friend? What about your role to take care of yourself? What are the different roles and relationships you have? Can you be extraordinary in all those roles? And a person might say, well, that's overwhelming. But again, that doesn't mean that each role requires the same amount of time. You have 24 hours in a day and you have to sleep. The question is, what are the main roles? And then you go from there. So the authors go on to say on page 67, one of the most effective quandra two things you can do is to narrow your focus. Now, here's the key. Remember, I talked about concentration a few minutes ago. Take the time to identify the few most important roles in your life today. Evaluate how you think you are doing in each of them then define what success looks like in each role. I'm going to say that again because this is the important part you have to get. Take the time to identify the few most important roles in your life today. Evaluate how you think you are doing in each of them. Then define what success looks like in each role. So they give an example of a few people that are in here, and I'm, I'll give an example of myself. So uh, uh, this person named Kiva, that was a part of these stories I'm not reading in these chapters. She's a project manager, friend, housemate, photographer, daughter. Now, those were the most five most important roles in her life. So she would then have to, once she did this, she would have to evaluate how she thinks she's doing in those roles and then define what success looks like in those roles. So you're not, so you're not lying to yourself, nor are you undervaluing yourself. All right. Then they have another person named Javon. Um, that's also a part of these stories I'm not reading in the book. Who's a husband, software developer, team leader, neighbor. All right. So again, he would have to evaluate now that he's done the, uh, he's, narrowed it down to the few most important roles. 
He needs to evaluate how he's doing in those roles and then define what success looks like in those roles. Uh, you know, so, you know, I, I'll just use myself as an example. Husband, father, minister, uh, martial artist. And, you know, I could add friend. Friendship is really important to me. You know, I, I have a hard time. I'm still drilling down a top five, to be honest with you, because I'm trying to figure out the best way to, to do that. I'm just being honest because I have several things that are important to me. But part of it is really drilling down to like five or six things. Um, when you go beyond that, then you're poss possibly stretching yourself too far. You need to get down to like, what are the most important things to me? You know, so I know without a doubt. And I've said this to people throughout the years. If I don't get anything right, I'm going to get the dad thing right. I've said that to people so many times, it's unreal. Why? Because that's extremely important to me. Now, that I'm married again, uh, being a husband, that's extremely important to me. Now, that doesn't mean that um, those things those things require different levels of time because I'm a, I'm a father of a 21 year old now, not a three year old, not a eight year old, not a 14 year old. So how that looks is different than what it looked like in the past. I just want to use that as an example. Now, you have to figure out what are the roles that are important to you. Like write down like five things that. At best, what are the five most important roles to you right now? It could be father or mother. It could be sibling. It could be family member. It could be uh, whatever your occupation is or your or your craft. Like, for instance, one of the challenging things that I have is I have minister, but for me, being a metaphysician, is separate in my mind from being a minister. And I'm a I, I'm a minister who teaches metaphysical Christianity. But being a efficient, productive, and extraordinary metaphysician matters to me. Now, my question that I'm wrestling with with myself is: Are those the same thing, or are they different? Because in my mind, I've separated them. Because whether I'm a minister doing ministry or not, being an efficient metaphysician, a person who understands the laws and principles of spirit and their practical application matters to me, who can live it, who can live it. Now, they might be the same thing. So I'm playing with that when it comes to my 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 grid, my list. So what I would suggest is they do with the book. If you don't have the book and I would strongly suggest it is just draw a circle, draw four or five lines, put your top four or five roles in your life in those, in that circle. So you draw a circle, then draw lines where you can separate it like a pie and just put your different roles in there. You know, you might say, you again, you're a you know, mother or father. You might say you're a lawyer or a doctor. You might say that you are a, you know, a, a volunteer for, you know, you know, goodwill or Red Cross. You might say that, you know, your your neighborhood watch, um, uh, you know, role is exceptionally important to you. 
You might say different things. I don't know. But you need to be clear about what, what it is. Write down no more than five things. It could be four. Like, for instance, he uses another example of a lady named Sherry. And Sherry had four things. Her thing was mother to three children, department manager, spouse to gym, personal health. Those are the four things that mattered to her the most. Now, we're going to drill down more into this, but I want you to be clear that you need to write down your roles because once you get clarity about your roles, then we're going to evaluate how efficient we are in those roles. And then we're going to um, look at how do we define success in the different roles? Because again, this is a process that always has to be done because even somebody who is the spouse, you might, you know, anybody who's been married in any, any decent amount of time knows that what's required maybe at, at earlier stages of a marriage might adjust depending on the needs. Depending on the needs. So, so again, just draw a circle with some lines like a pie. They call it the life wheel in the book. Just draw a circle, make four or five lines, I mean sections. So, for instance, it could be if it's just four sections, you can draw a line right down the middle uh, vertically and horizontally. And now you have four sections. If you're doing it with five sections, you just do it just like a pie chart. You just create even sections for the different roles that you have in your life. So I just want to be clear and present to that process. All right. We got to do the quick commercial stuff. So just a reminder before we take our break that you can connect with uh, Christ Universal Temple by going to our website, cutemple.org. You can watch our live stream on Sunday mornings from 1030 a.m. Central Time until noon. And you can watch it via the website, which I just gave. You can watch it on our Facebook page, Christ Universal Temple, or our YouTube page, CU Temple. Obviously, I want you to follow my Facebook page, Truth Transforms, with Reverend Galen McDowell. Make sure that, that you like it. Make sure that you're sharing it. If you listen to this show um, on on uh, the different apps, podcast apps, make sure that you're, that you're giving it a five-star rating and writing a positive review. Please also do the same thing for my Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell page. Uh, also, I want to remind you that Christ Universal Temple has Facebook lessons at 12 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. I teach them. Uh, our COO, Attorney Gavin Jackson, teaches them. And we have a, a newer person, one of our longstanding Johnny Coleman Institute teachers and UFBL licensed, te licensed teachers, Blanche Wilson, teaches as well. So we want to make sure that we're staying in front of you as, as much as we can. Reverend Wells has a Facebook Live, um, I don't want to say some podcast, but it's just basically, he calls it Temple Talks, where he goes on and he teaches lessons, 7 p.m. Central Time. So all you have to do is go to Facebook and hit and type in at Rev Derek Wells, and it'll pop up. Now, when I come back, I'm going to get back into this book, but I have one other thing I want to talk to you all about before we get back into the book. So we'll take our break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms.
We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Before I get back to teaching chapter two of the five choices, I just want to let you know about an opportunity to learn a few extra little things and tune in to some of the other things I'm doing outside of my podcast and outside of Christ Universal Temple. I'm going to be a part of a seminar that's being held virtually by Universal Truth Ministries in the Bahamas. And it's called Discovering Your Authentic Self. I'm going to be teaching how to live victoriously. And I'm going to be using metaphysical Bible interpretation to show people how to live a victorious life by discovering their authentic self. So again, my topic is how to live victoriously. However, the other speaker is the world-renowned top expert in metaphysical, excuse me, Aramaic Bible interpretation and scholarship, Dr. Rocco A. Errico. Dr. Errico has been a guest on this podcast numerous times, and he is without a doubt the foremost expert in Aramaic Bible scholarship. You definitely want to be a part of this. He's going to be teaching uh, the spiritual and metaphysical gospel of John. So you want to make sure that you are part of this. It's only $35. It's Saturday, March 27th, 2021, from 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. Our Christ Universal Temple's chief operating officer, Attorney Gavin Jackson will be moderating the program. He is also an author of the book Mind and Grind, and he's one of the primary teachers who teaches our noonday lessons for Christ Universal Temple on our Facebook page. So you have, you know, three powerful men that are going to help you get the results you desire. So you might want to ask yourself, how do you get to this? If you go to my Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell, you will see the flyer with the Eventbrite link. If you go to Eventbrite, I'm sure you can either type in Universal Truth Ministries or Discovering Your Authentic Self. Again, it's only $35. We want to make sure that you can just click on your mobile device or computer and get in tune with two lessons that will help you do all that you feel as though you need to do. On top of that, we're going to make sure that I do a, I'm going to do an interview with Dr. Erico. Uh, I'm going to ask him questions about Aramaic Bible study and uh, attorney Gavin Jackson will also field questions from the audience. Cause I believe all of this will be on zoom if, if, if I'm accurate. So to make sure that your questions get answered as well. You don't want to miss it. 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., $35 per person, Saturday, March 27th. Reverend Galen McDowell, Dr. Rocco Errico, Attorney Gavin Jackson. 
Uh, let's make sure we get this. Let's do this. All right. Back to the book. All right. So now that you have created your life wheel, which looks like a pie chart, basically, uh, now it's time to do some drill down on it. All right. All right. You have identified the most important roles in your life. What are the roles that matter the most to you? If you are productive in these roles, it will give you the highest sense of satisfaction and fulfillment. These are the roles that will give peace to your soul, that feel the most authentic to you, that are necessary for your well-being. What are those roles? All right. So now let's drill down on it. Okay. It says, when you, when you've successfully identified your most important quadra two roles, they will represent your key relationships and responsibilities. Be relevant to your life right now, not sometime in the future or roles you think you should have. Be meaningful to you. Your roles are where you will express your deepest values, highest aspirations, and greatest contributions. Your, th this role will give a balanced perspective to your life, e.g. they shouldn't just be about work or about your life outside of work. And again, be limited to five to seven maximum. So the authors are saying you can go as high as seven. So if, you like, if you're like me, I might now just make a new list and just make it seven and call it a day. But I'm really seeking to get my list down to five. But I'll do seven if I have to. But again, it's still the same thing. Draw a circle, draw the lines evenly, and put your roles within those uh, sections so you can be clear. And I, one of the things that I really liked about this process was when it said, be meaningful you be meaningful to you. Your roles are where you will express your deepest values, highest aspirations, and greatest contributions. All right. Just look at what that means. What are your deepest values, your highest aspirations, and your greatest contributions? If they're not showing up in that circle, in that life wheel, then you need to make another life wheel because this life wheel is supposed to help those things manifest. Get the book. Get the book. Especially if you're in a place where you can just go on Amazon.com, order a book, and it's at your house in two or three days. Get the book. I realize that some people are in places where it's more difficult to get some of these books. However, I'm still going to recommend that you get the book. I know that there are people who are listening to this show in Europe in in multiple countries in Africa, uh, in the Caribbean, in Mexico, and Canada, and obviously in the United States, and probably other places I'm not aware of because you all haven't contacted me and told me, hey, I listened to this show from XYZ. So, by the way, I would love that if you came to the Truth Transforms or Reverend Galen McDowell page and just let me know either in the inbox message or on the page where you're listening to me from, because I love to know where 
this ministry is going. I think this is important for us to know and for me to know who's listening to me and where, because if you're listening to this podcast and Unity Online Radio in general, my hope is that you're letting other people know what's blessing you. All right, let's get back to it. So how are you doing? Now that you separated the roles, now it's time to evaluate how we're doing in the roles. So the author wrote, after you have consciously identified the few most important roles in your life and made them visible in the life wheel, the next big step is to use your thinking brain to evaluate how you are doing in each of these roles today. Are you, one, underperforming? I'm not doing what I should be in this role and haven't spent much time or energy on it. Two, ordinary. I do what is expected in this role. Three, extraordinary. I'm excited about the valuable contribution I'm making in this role. Now, this book is about having an extraordinary life. So obviously, if we are evaluating and we're underperforming or we're ordinary, we want to transcend underperforming and ordinary and live in extraordinary. All right. So this is where you need to put a mirror in front of yourself and confront reality. How are you performing? So what they do in the book is, and it's kind of hard to explain. They draw three circles closest in the middle of the, of the, life wheel, they have underperforming as a circle. Then they draw a circle outside of that that's supposed to be for ordinary. And and then before you get to the borders of the, the whole life wheel, it's extraordinary. And then you put, um, you draw a line on where you feel as though you are functioning as, in your different roles. So for instance, this Kiva person, uh, she's ordinary as a friend. Ordinary as a housemate, underperforming as a photographer, ordinary as a daughter, but she's extraordinary as a project manager. So the question is now, you getting to the process of evaluating what that looks like and how it works. This person, Javon, is ordinary as a software developer extraordinary as a team leader, underperforming as a neighbor, ordinary as a husband. This person, Sherry, is ordinary as a department manager, borderline extraordinary, I mean, underperforming and ordinary, like right on the border uh, between underperforming and ordinary as a spouse to Jim, underperforming in her personal health, and ordinary as a mother of three children. Now, they use what is called a spidergram exercise to draw lines and connect the dots so you can see the visual. I can't show you that on an audio podcast. What I can do is tell you to get the book and you can work with it yourself. So how do you work with it? Here's some helpful tips they give on pages 72 and 73. Celebrate. Make sure you celebrate those roles where you think you are doing well. You should be proud. In other words, you're doing a good job. Pat yourself on the back. You deserve it. You don't have to beat yourself up. Again, number two, assess. 
Take a courageous look at the roles where you admit to yourself that you are lacking. View things holistically. How do you see the interaction between your work and your personal life? Are they in balance or or are they out of whack? Is your greatness in one role too great because it is taking time, attention, and energy from another really important role? These are questions that only you can answer. Validate. Are you sure about the rating you gave yourself? Should you ask someone? We have seen people rate themselves as extraordinary husbands, wives, or significant others, only to have their bubble burst when they ask their partner what he or she thought. A healthy dose of reality, right? You might also find that others think you are doing a lot better than you think you are. That's good news to know. Go as far as you want with this. Checking in with others at work or at home can be helpful to understand your impact and how you may need or want to improve. So I love this part about validation, validate, because I do think that there is a a certain level of delusion in human consciousness where sometimes we evaluate ourselves uh, too low or too high. And again, I'm not saying that it's my job to evaluate you, but the people in your life that you deal with on a day-to-day basis, whether that's at work or in your personal life, can give you some keys and clues to how you show up consistently. How do you communicate? How do you perform? Do you get stuff done in a timely manner? Are you responsible? Are you a team player? Do you think about others and not only yourself. These are things that we have to evaluate. And validate just means, okay, let me take a look at what it is that I say I'm doing versus what's actually showing up. And again, that doesn't mean that somebody else's opinion of you is gospel by no stretch of the imagination. However, they can give you insight on how you consistently show up. Because if life is showing up in ways that are breaking down too consistently in multiple roles in your life, always recognize that you're the common denominator. And when life is showing up properly, meaning holistically and functionally, you're also the common denominator of that as well. But you need to validate it because when you have people who genuinely love you and And if you are willing to listen to them without arguing, then you can get a lot of great feedback about how stuff shows up. You know, how stuff shows up for you. It's important for you to recognize without a shadow of a doubt that you need to evaluate where you are in these roles. Are you underperforming? Are you ordinary? Doing just what's required for the role or are you extraordinary? And here's the thing. Do you want to be extraordinary in the areas of your life that matter the most to you? Because that's a question that you really have to ask yourself. You have to take pride in what it is 
that you do. All right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this really quickly. I can remember when uh, Reverend Wells, uh, Reverend Norton, and I were first um, selected to be presenters at the Panorama of Truth Conference for the Universal Foundation for Better Living. And <laughs> what we, we, we were so hyped up. This is many years ago. We were Puerto Rico, maybe 2005, maybe. And we, when we got there, before we got there, we said, when we show up, everybody's going to be talking about us when we leave. We're going we're gonna to show people that, you know, we know how to do this. We, you know, we wanted to basically wow the crowd. And the first night of, of the Panorama of Truth, uh, they had the evening keynote speakers, and we were speaking in the morning as a tag team that at the time was called the Young Lions. And then the night before, we're all there. We already written our parts for our 90-minute presentation. We all, all had 30 minutes. Uh, the Reverend Dr. Michael Bernard Beckwith showed up and literally went off. He, he was so good. It was, it was amazing. And we were dedicated to being extraordinary and being the talk of the, of the conference. So we're looking at each other and we're enjoying Reverend Beckwith, who's our friend, by the way. Yet, it's important for, for you to realize that we wanted to be extraordinary. Therefore, when everybody else went to eat dinner at the different restaurants at the resort, the three of us walked across the street, went and bought some Subway sandwiches, and we all went back to our individual rooms and we all rewrote our lessons because we were dedicated to being extraordinary not ordinary. We didn't want to show up as what they knew us to be. We wanted to exceed everyone's expectation. And we did. And we did. So let's drill down on this. If you find yourself depressed about this exercise, first of all, don't be hard about yourself. Don't be hard on yourself, all right? It's an exercise to help you get some level of enlightenment so you can change things. Number two, don't ignore these feelings either. In other words, if you have these feelings, it's good. That means it matters to you. You don't, if, you know, if you don't feel nothing, it doesn't matter to you. So the fact that you do have feelings around it means that you want to get it right. Number three, have some hope. The book and this material I'll be giving in this podcast will help you do what you need to do. All right. Number three, making your roles extraordinary. Making your roles extraordinary. Okay, how do you do that? The way you do it is you anchor your purpose and passion to a quadrant two role title. In other words, you need to create a title for it. And, and then you craft a quadrant two role statement for each role. These two techniques are deeply rooted in brain science. In other words, you give yourself a clear role. You name what it is that you say you you want it to be. And then you uh, 
create a statement around it. All right. So they quote uh, Daniel Pink, who wrote Drive the Surprising Truth About What Motivates Us. And he wrote, the science shows that the secret of high performance isn't in our biological drive or our reward and punishment drive. But our third drive, our deep-seated desire to direct our own lives, to extend and expand our abilities, and to make a contribution. So how do we do this? We have to create vision. We have to create purpose. We have to create passion. So that might mean you might need to retitle your roles. Like, for instance, with Kiva, project manager went to project leader. Friend went to lasting friend. Housemate went to supporter. Photographer went to visual artist. Daughter went to encourager. You create it. So how do you create the roles? And I want to make sure this is what I want to end the show on because I can't teach everything in these chapters. But I do want to make sure that we cover what we need to cover. So what I need to cover is this. They call it the um, uh, as I will buy. So when you want to make sure, um, when you want to make sure that you are accomplishing this properly, you will use this formula: as, as, then I will, then buy. As I will buy. For instance, as is your role title. I will extraordinary outcomes by activities. So. He gives the example of uh, Kalisha uh, as Javon's role as a husband, which he changed to Kalisha's best friend. He might say, as Kalisha's best friend, I will create an enduring relationship of trust, safety, and mutual discovery by actively sharing her goals and dreams, spending quality time together, and earning her complete confidence in all my activities and interactions with others. I'm going to read that again because I want to show you how he did it. He changed the role of of husband to his wife's best friend, Kalisha. So as Kalisha's best friend, I will create an enduring relationship of trust, safety, and mutual discovery by actively sharing her goals and dreams, spending quality time together and earning her complete confidence in all my activities and interactions with others. Now you have a statement. That's a purpose statement. So what you need to do is take the different roles that you have, whether you it's the same name that you originally gave it or if you renamed it, and then put that as as. All right? So I can say, for instance, as Angel's father, I will you know, create a loving relationship of support, respect, responsibility, and accountability that shows up as love and fun. I'm just, I just made that up, but it sounds great. By, then I can say, making sure that I am in tune with what my daughter needs at the different stages of her life, making sure that, that she can always count on me to make sure that she knows that she can always rely on her dad to be a person of support, a person of honest and proper communication, and a person of whatever. She can have fun with and uh, watch movies and Avenger movies and Marvel movies and stuff like that. I'm just making stuff up. My point of it is, as I will 
buy. As I will buy. You can take every area of your life and place it within, uh, not every area, in the in the life will and put it through the as I will buy formula. And that will give you your quadrant two role statement because now your brain has something to look forward to. It has a target. Les Brown says, if you aim at nothing, you will hit nothing dead on the head. Your mind has to be aimed at something. And it just can't be theoretical. So when you put the role title and the extraordinary outcomes and then the activities and the statement, now you're saying this is who I am and this is what I'm committed to doing and this is how I'm going to do it. I don't want you to miss that. All right. So it's other stuff about how to have balance in your roles and things of that nature. So the last thing I do want to give you, I forgot about this. I almost forgot. It was from X to Y by when. So when you start putting goals into these quadrants, just think about it this way. X and then Y by when. X by So for instance, reduce my weight from, they wrote here, I don't, I'm not 230. Reduce my weight from 230 to 180 by June 17th. That's an X by Y. X from X to Y by when, or increase sales from 1 million to 1.8 by December 31st. That's X to Y by when. So when you have a goal that you're seeking to choose and you want to be efficient, just put it right into that. This is what I want to do. This is when I want to do it. Uh, This is what I want to do. This is where I am. This is where I want to be. And I'm going to do it by this. This is where I am. This is what I want to do, and this is where uh, this is where I want to be, and this is when I'm going to get it done. So I run out of time. Next week, I'll be with you next week with Chapter 3 of this book. God bless, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio the voice of an awakening world. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts.